This is Shy Trying, 2015's Up and Comer. Turn it on, turn it on, I'm ready to go. everybody this is a shy trying episode i am gianna devoto and you are listening to a podcast congratulations um how's it going today (sighs) i'm gonna start by talking about books um this is sort of gonna be a book club episode um but i'm kind of in the middle of three books right now so it's a little bit difficult for me to sit down and really dive into anything in particular so I'm just gonna talk about the three books that I'm reading through I'm I'm moving through them right now um first one first one I started actually I'm like 90% of the way through it um I'm like 90% of the way through it. It's um, Joan Didion's novel, uh, The Last Thing He Wanted, uh, like 1996. Uh, Didion's a contemporary classic woman. She wrote Slouching Towards Bethlehem, uh, The White Album, A Book of Common Prayer. Uh, She's female. She's white. Uh, and this book, this novel is about a woman, a a white female, um, caught in the middle of an international arms trade that she doesn't really fully seem to understand. Um, and so I can't really understand it either. Uh, the story moves really quickly. The scenes move really quickly and it's gripping because uh, I don't really know what's going on most of the time. Feels like there's some giant mystery to be unraveled, but I'm almost done with it. Um, like like I said, like 90% done. Uh, but I haven't taken that final plunge yet. I'm a little bit scared um, because I still feel like there's so much more to be unraveled as far as the story goes. Um, so maybe this speaks to my sense of of fear, my sense of story, um, and my issues with commitment. The next book I picked up, it was, um, This Is How You Lose Her, uh, this short story collection by Juno Diaz. Um, it just came out last year, uh, I think. Um, I'm about like 60% of the way through it. Diaz, um, he's an official genius. 
He won a genius grant a few years ago. A very, I mean, fairly well-known contemporary uh, fiction writer wrote uh, The Brief and Wondrous Life of Oscar Wow um, and Drown, another collection of short stories. Seems like this book is about maleness and Dominicanness. Seems like that's what Diaz writes about primarily. Um, and I, I wish I could relate to it more. I wish, um, I mean, most stories are from a male point of view, this particular book, too. Um, most of the stories in it are from the male perspective. Um, and, and the select stories that have been told from the female perspective so far feel kind of unfamiliar um, and just overwhelmingly sad. Like his women are so sad. Um, maybe it's the point. I don't know. And the most recent one I, I picked up is um, The Revised Fundamentals of Caregiving by Jonathan Evison. I'm like halfway through it. Uh, I've never heard of Jonathan Evison before. I picked up this book and I never read. So thusly, I'd never read anything by him before. Um, but according to the cover, he wrote um, West of Here, which was a bestseller. Um, white guy, male guy. <laughs> um, and the characters are male. It's primarily about the relationship between this um, or it centers around this relationship between this adult man and the disabled teenager who he's the caregiver for um, like licensed caregiver like 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. like sitting with the dude with the kid and helping him out with daily tasks, <laughs> like bathroom stuff, TV stuff, food stuff. Um, but it's still, it's interesting. It's really interesting because the author is withholding the information about the exact nature of the tragedy in the, in the main, main uh, adult character's past. Um, and now, and now he's with this, taking care of this teenager, and they're driving across the country, and now they're being followed. There's like a car behind them following them. So it's, it's, it's good. It's, it's gripping. Um, and, and sort of in the vein of books, <laughs> more books, um, I started listening to a literary disco uh, podcast um, hosted by Ryder Strong, who you may know as Sean Hunter from Boy Meets World, um, from my very real crush. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, also hosted by Todd Goldberg, who wrote Gangsterland. And Julia Pistel, who works at the Mark Twain House. 
they're just they're all so smart and they're funny together um so I'm working my way through those episodes um I really liked which one did I like I've liked all the ones I've listened to so far um and I've been listening to Gilmore Guys uh podcast where two dudes go through Gilmore Girls episode by episode. Um, one of them is a longtime fan. The other has never seen it before. Um, and oh man, it's really igniting my early aughts, early 2000s nostalgia. Um, I'm still super, super into the central mother, daughter, granddaughter dy- dynamic relationship of the show. Um, and Emily Gilmore, the grandmother character, is is so much like she's Lucille Bluth before Lucille Bluth existed. Um, and it's amazing. But what's fascinating is as they go through, get into the second season, and um, things really heat up in the romance department with <laughs> Jess and Dean and Rory, and there's like a, a love triangle situation happening. Um, I was so strongly team Jess, but holy cow, does he seem like an asshole um, now as a as a grown up, growner up. Um, he's so much less charming, so much less cool than he seemed. <laughs> like his his references to Kerouac are like not cool, and his outfits. Are, are are just not cool. His pranks and his his close up magic. Mm 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 Um. No, thank you. <clears throat> um, I'm feeling a little sad today. I'm alone. Um. My my boyfriend doesn't want to go on the podcast with me. Like, he's too nervous, almost. Which doesn't make sense, because he, like, doesn't get nervous about anything. And he's always more outgoing than I am in public. But I asked him to come on another show with me, because I really want to do a part two for um, the... Ugh. I asked him to come back on the show because I really wanted to do a part two for a girl's guide to sucking it up. Cause I feel like he does such a good job of that. Like he goes hard, um, at work and at play and at his art. Like he just, he puts in a hundred percent. Um, and I just want to know how he does it. <laughs> Um, so I wanted to, like, talk to him about it, but he didn't want to. Um, he got all, like, clammy and weird. Um, so now it's a couple days later and I'm doing a a book club. (laughs) Um, but to close it out, I'm going to read a few poems. Uh, they're not by, they're by Ellen Kennedy. Ellen Kennedy. From the book, or the book collect, or the <laughs> from the collection. Uh, sometimes my heart pushes my ribs. I'll read the um, I'll read a poem called 
I made the man at the grocery store nervous. And then I'll read the title poem. Sometimes my heart pushes my ribs. Okay. I made the man at the grocery store nervous. I asked him to make me a pizza without cheese. He was afraid. He had to ask his supervisor first to see if he could do it. I felt alienated. Sometimes my heart pushes my ribs. I'm going to make boxes and put things in them and then write your name and address on the boxes, then bring them to the post office to be mailed to you, okay? Let's try that again with a different attitude. (laughs) Sometimes my heart pushes my ribs. I'm going to make boxes and put things in them and then write your name and address on the boxes and bring them to the post office to be mailed to you, okay? everybody it's Gianna um checking in again because I finished a book um I'm so excited my my life is in discord so <laughs> due to that reason I finished the book I picked up first or the no 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 I didn't pick I didn't finish the book I picked up first I finished the book I picked up most recently the Jonathan Evison book uh fun, revised fundamentals of caregiving I finished it because uh, I got halfway um, and I couldn't stop. Uh, all the storylines converged and uh, came together in a satisfying way. Um, the end was really well done. <laughs> it was surprising and amazing. Um, I felt so satisfied at the end of the novel, um, even though, of course, there was like some sense of mystery, some sense of like the characters' lives being unresolved because it's not like they all died at the end. Um, They all kept living, but who knows how. Um, But yeah, quality ending. Really, really solid. Um, Dramatic work there, Mr. Evison. Um, This book should be a movie. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. it's that good, like, and that solid of a story. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I really, I got to the end, and then there was a little note from the author. And I read that, um, and I want to read it to you. Um, it just speaks to the book, I think. Um, <clears throat> so here's a note from the author, uh, Filling Holes. The weekend of my sister's 16th birthday, she took a road trip with some friends down to Lucerne Valley in the Mojave Desert. For two weeks prior, the trip was a source of debate around our dinner table. My old man reasoned that since she was a responsible kid, got good grades, fed her pets, and honored her curfew, she ought to be allowed to take the trip. 
My mother reasoned that it was a bad idea. She didn't trust the other kids. They were a scraggly bunch. My sister took the trip. She never came home. She was killed in a freak car accident the weekend she turned 16 years old. The incident, the specifics of which have never been explained satisfactorily by anybody, all but exploded my family. My parents divorced after 25 years of marriage. I lost what amounted to my primary caregiver. My oldest brother was deeply depressed for two years afterwards and was really never the same in some fundamental way. To this day, my family is still feeling the shockwaves. I'm still walking around with this sister-shaped hole in my heart. After a few beers, my brother will still lament the fact that he owed her seven bucks at the time of the accident. The seven bucks had never been a point of contention. Or <clears throat> the, sever- <laughs> Sorry. the seven bucks had been a point of contention involving the sale of a 10-speed bike. They argued fiercely about the money up until the day she left. At, at 57, my brother is still trying to pay that debt. There are holes in our lives that can never be filled. Not really, not ever. And yet we have no choice but to try to fill them. We must drive on in the face of debilitating loss, crippling guilt, overwhelming hopelessness, <clears throat> because to give up is to be dead. I've lived with, the, with this idea since I was five years old. Ben Benjamin is a character who has lost virtually everything. His wife, his family, his home, his livelihood, broken, stripped down, stricken, and without hope, Ben is a shadow of his old self. He has been a stay-at-home dad for nearly a decade, so the job market has all but passed him by. With few options, Ben registers for a 28-hour night class called The Fundamentals of Caregiving, where in the sweltering basement of the Abundant Life Foursquare Church, Ben learns how to insert catheters with and avoid liability. He learns about professionalism and how to erect and maintain certain boundaries. How to keep physical and emotional distance between the client and the care provider. He learns that caregiving is just a job. But when, fi- but when Ben finds himself assigned to a tyrannical 19-year-old named Trev, who's in the advanced stages of Duchenne muscular dystrophy, he discovers that the endless mnemonics and service plan checklists presented in his class have done little to pre- prepare him for the reality of caring for a fiercely stubborn, scared, sexually frustrated adolescent with an axe to grind with the world at large. When I set out to write this novel, I didn't envision it as a road novel. I've never had a desire to write a road novel. In fact, I was very resistant to the idea. But the characters led me to the road. They left me no choice. They all but dragged me, kicking and screaming to the road. It seemed Ben and Trev were always driving around in that van of Trev's. But they were never getting anywhere. They were both stuck. They needed the van to deliver them somewhere, and I guess I needed it too, because that's where this novel delivered me. The revised fundamentals of caregiving is a story of total collapse and ultimately reconstruction. Before it's over, this calamitous journey covers five states, results in one birth, two arrests, and one instance of cannibalism, (laughs) and including a dust storm, a hailstorm, several shitstorms, and a 600-mile cat-and-mouse pursuit by a mysterious Buick Skylark. Baggage is collected, hearts are won and lost, mistakes are forgiven, futures are realized. This book represents nothing less than an emotional catharsis for its author. I wrote this book because I needed to, because my sister went on a road trip 40 years ago and never came back, 
and my family has yet to heal from this terrible fact. This novel's about a family... <clears throat> this novel's about the imperative of getting in that van because you have no choice but to push yourself and drive on and keep driving in the face of life's, life's terrible surprises. It's about the people and the things you gather along that rough road back to humanity. And in the end, for me, the revised fundamentals of caregiving is a van in which I finally bring my sister home. <clears throat> so thank you, author. Thank you, Jonathan Evison, for this beautiful book and for that beautiful note. Um, I th it taught me something. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, go go to a bookstore and pick out a book that you don't know anything about and read it because it might teach you something. Um, but thanks for listening to Shy Trying. You can find me online at Shy Trying and Shy Gianna. Um, I'm Gianna Devoto, real name, um, and I love you all.
everybody today. Hoping it's working. Testing this microphone, hoping it's working.